Today's episode is not being recorded in a library. A library would be too noisy. Even Andre's Weather Jazz Studio is noisy by comparison. There are places in the world that are so quiet that some people find it unnerving. Leave your earplugs at home today on Weather Jazz. Weather Jazz. Weather Jazz. Weather Jazz. Today's episode will actually serve several functions, the most important of which will be to exercise my voice and to get air in and out of the lungs about the tail end of a cold. But fortunately, it was short-lived. However, the lungs occasionally need a little exercise to get things moving, and that will be the case today. And of course, it is to convey some information since today is Science Wednesday. And welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather science. And that'll be the focus today, kind of, sort of. And I imagine you picked up a little flavor of that in the stinger just moments ago. And, of course, we do those off-topic episodes, most of which we do on Fridays, Open Line Fridays, always keeping it interesting. And I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio, and this is episode number 569. It's Wednesday, Science Wednesday, October 12, 2023. Oh, and before I forget, today's mile marker is 223. In case you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, go back to the last episode, episode number 568, for the full disclosure over what these mile markers have been all about. Well, before we dig into today's topic, let me first quickly get a sense of where we're heading meteorologically because a pattern is beginning to set up. Now, we're overall seeing a flavor change to a more consistent and persistent cool pattern, cooler than normal. Normal high temperature right now, mid-60s, normal low temperatures, are in the upper 40s, sometimes mid-40s. And that's pretty much where we're going to find ourselves and below, temperature-wise, here in the next 10 days or so. Now, it's not going to be deeply cold, nor will we see any more frozen precip. By the way, before I get ahead of myself, we did, in fact, see some frozen precipitation mix in with the lake effect rain showers on Saturday Not on Sunday night as I anticipated, but rather there was enough cold air aloft on Saturday and the convection was deep enough into that colder air 
where essentially those clouds became ice cube factories. And we had quite a few reports, even in the downtown Cleveland area, where sleet mixed in with the rain in the very middle of the afternoon. And so it begins. Now, not officially at Hopkins Airport, so we did not see the first snow, but that's going to be inevitable here in the next few weeks. We'll keep an eye out for that. But this morning, when I was cruising around some of the live webcams that I like to look at in the morning, I noticed that one camera was back. And that was a camera that is installed in one of the high-rise apartment complexes right on Reykjavik Bay in Iceland. It has been noticeably missing over the last couple of weeks for some strange reason, but it finally came back online. And so I clicked on it, and sure enough, there it was. It looked uh, cold and kind of rainy and kind of, well, fall-like until I noticed something in the pathway of the camera. I thought, wait a minute, it looked like these little particles of snow. And so I took a look at the temperature in the lower left-hand corner, three degrees Celsius, certainly within the realm of possibility, And then I looked at the ground, and sure enough, there were these little traces of snow, which I did verify with my contacts in Iceland, in Mosfellsbjörn, which is a suburb just northeast of Reykjavik. Sure enough, they mentioned over the last couple of days that the snow had been falling. Now, the couple that I know up there, Gunnar Ingi Gunnarsson and his wife Svava, have uh, a number of children, and their youngest is Victoria. And I believe she's about two, two and a half years old. And apparently all the kids were excited except their youngest, Victoria. This was apparently the very first time that things began to click in her mind when she saw the snow coming down, and she was genuinely frightened by the snow. But all the other kids were all excited. And, of course, it was a learning experience for Victoria since they will be seeing quite a bit of snow, as they always do every single winter. So the snow season has begun, not only there in Iceland, but those that follow the YouTube channel from Svalbard, way up north of the Norwegian shoreline, only a couple of hundred miles from the North Pole, there are a set of islands inhabited year-round, with the town there called Longyearbyen. Well, it's been snowing there for a couple of weeks now, and uh, their snow is permanent, as well as some of the Instagram accounts in Greenland and the coastal towns there saw their first permanent snow. That snow is there to stay, uh, according to the locals. So we're starting to see winter really start to develop. Not only that, the days are getting much, much shorter, too. Um, I'm sure that you've noticed that over the course of the last few weeks, no matter where you are, anywhere in the USA or the Northern Hemisphere. Now, if you're listening to us from the Southern Hemisphere, the exact opposite happening to you, good for you. You are getting much closer to your meteorological summer. Well, it's Science Wednesday. Today's topic is a very quiet one. I thought to myself, there must be places in the world where there is so little sound that it's almost unnerving. And indeed, that is the case. 
We'll discover a few of those, and I'm certainly not going to rate them because I've never been to these places. And of course, anytime you try to rate those, there is subjectivity involved. So instead of doing that, I'll just pick a few spots, talk about them, and why it is they are so quiet, along with perhaps a quote or two from people who have been there and what it's like. Now, my Weather Jazz studio is indeed a quiet place. Why it's supposed to be, because you can have all kinds of chaos going on in other rooms in the house, but you really won't hear it here in the studio the minute I close the door because of the material all around that absorb sound in a way that the sound, once captured and absorbed by the material, is not re-emitted, so it doesn't make it to your ear. And that's the way it's supposed to happen in a production studio. It's called a dead room. However, there are places in the world that are even quieter than this studio, which goes to a lot of intentionality in order to make it a quiet room. Okay, let's talk about some of these places. Well, one of the places that really doesn't count would be space, or, for instance, the surface of the moon. You see, there's no medium for sound to propagate, and that medium is air. If you don't have any air, you have no way for sound waves to propagate. Even though space isn't far away above our heads and beyond, that doesn't count. Let's keep it to wherever it is that we have oxygen and air to breathe. So that brings up quite a bit of a challenge because you've got the medium, but you have nothing for that medium to propagate in some of these so-called very, very quiet places. One such place is actually at the top of a dormant volcano. And that dormant volcano is located in Hawaii. The crater is called Haleakala, and it's the Haleakala National Park. It's nicknamed the quietest place on Earth. And why is that? Because if you go inside this dormant volcano, the place is so quiet that the sound is essentially right near the threshold of human hearing to the point where visitors to that crater say that they can hear their own heartbeats if they just stand still. Some of the other quiet places include an underwater cave in the Yucatan Peninsula. The name of this cave is Takbiha Siente. And it's said to be one of the quietest places on earth, in this case, under the earth, with only the occasional sound of dripping water. Now, for those of you perhaps trying to find a quiet city in which to live, you may not think that that is possible, when in fact, there are cities that are said to be very, very quiet. The very quietest city, according to one survey, is Zurich, Switzerland. A survey done earlier this year identified the Swiss city as the least noise polluted in the world based on people's hearing ability and assessed from 200,000 hearing tests worldwide. Now, just in case you were wondering, 
what the other cities in this list would be of the top 10 quietest cities, with Zurich being number one. Vienna, Austria is number two. Oslo, Norway is number three. Munich, Germany, number four. Stockholm, Sweden is at number five. A couple of more German cities at six and seven, Dusseldorf and Hamburg. And by the time we get to number eight, a U.S. city shows up. And it is Portland, Oregon. And number nine, Cologne, Germany. And in number 10 position, Amsterdam, Netherlands. Other quiet places in the world? Well, there's a place with extinct volcanoes in Iceland called Landmelager. Not only can you go miles without seeing anyone on the road there, some of the most beautiful and incredibly silent volcanic patches throughout all of Iceland located there. And as long as there's no wind blowing, it's a very quiet place. Another quiet place, the Mojave Desert in the USA. It's famed for its vistas, harsh living environment, which accounts for its lack of wildlife, planes, or even cars. And the scorching summer heat keeps run-of-the-mill visitors away, leaving pretty much a very quiet place for anybody that happens to stumble upon the sound of silence in the Mojave Desert. Well, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, what is the quietest place on planet Earth? Well, it's not a natural place. It's a place that was designed to absorb sound. The place is called Building 87, and it's in Washington State. It tops the list of quietest places on Earth, where it's said that essentially sound goes to die. It's a Microsoft research lab. It's in the city of Redmond, Washington, and it's officially the quietest place on Earth, according to, again, Guinness Book of World Records. This silent space, created by the tech company for optimal audio and device testing, is an anechoic chamber, essentially, a room insulated so well from exterior sounds and designed to absorb any and all reflections of sound and electromagnetic waves inside. And once you get inside and close the door, it is 100%, completely, totally echo-free. One more interesting thing about quiet places. Music halls that are designed in the city locations are designed in such a way so that outside influences of sound will not come inside and destroy the very thing that people come to essentially go to enjoy, a beautiful concert. One of the quietest places that most people, average people, can commonly go to experience a very quiet place in a city would be these concert halls. Let me give you an example. At the Bridgewater Hall in Manchester, England, tour guides like to recount the story that when the largest peacetime bomb ever detonated in Great Britain exploded, that was back in 1996, workers within the auditorium 
did not hear the bang because the hall was so well insulated from the outside world. The bomb was planted by the Irish Republican Army in the city center, and the bomb actually destroyed shops and broke virtually every window within a kilometer radius and left a five-meter-wide crater. Yet, the people inside the music hall did not hear a single sound. And that is definitely intentionally quiet. I hope you enjoyed today's very quiet episode. Help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence. Social media, word of mouth, make it quiet, word of mouth. And special thanks to a new partner. Actually, he is a partner that used to be with us before and has rejoined the elite group of supporters of Weather Jazz. My very special thanks to Dale Osborne from Ohio, not only one of my supporters, but more importantly, a brother in the Lord who loves to be a part of spreading the best news available in the whole world. Dale Osborne, thank you so much for being a Weather Jazz supporter and for being out there. And of course, I'll run through the full list of who our supporters are every single Friday. And Dale does get one of the books, by the way, that I mentioned. God's Word is like Doppler Radar. I still have one more copy left. And if you would like that copy, all you have to do is sign up to be one of the elite supporters of Weather Jazz. Just go to weatherjazz.com on the side, click on supporters, and the process by which you do that is very simple. And the very next person that becomes a supporter will get that last copy of God's Word is like Doppler Radar. I'm holding it in my hands right now. It can be yours. Well, wherever it is that you take refuge from a noisy world, I'm sure that there are some quiet places that tickle your fancy too. I'd like to hear maybe about some of those. You can email me and let me know where it is you go for that quiet refuge. Just email me at weatherjazz at yahoo.com or you can use voicemail and call the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. The number is 234-525-5888. Enjoy the fall foliage. It's coming on strong now. It's about 45, almost 50%, and we're only 7 to 10 days away from fall foliage peak here in Northeast Ohio. We'll see you soon right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe. Jazz Podcast.